Well, good morning to all of you. It's great to see you. I, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I hope you uh, received a lot of wonderful gifts, and I hope you bypassed getting the flu, and uh, that's going around a lot. That's the gift no one wants, right? <laughs> and uh, we're just thankful that we can all be here today and uh, worship the Lord in this special time. This Sunday of the year that occurs between Christmas and New Year is always an interesting Sunday in the life of a church. And I think today it's just very appropriate in light of the season that we're in that we're going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper as a part uh, of this service this morning. And so I pray that the Lord will use uh, uh, the comments that I'm going to make in a uh, brief message this morning to help prepare us and to focus us for the Lord's table and then we'll move into that portion of our service that I look forward to. I do want to wish all of you a happy new year as that uh, will be occurring this week. And next Sunday morning, I'm going to be bringing a message that will focus on the new year and how we can live that new year uh, to its fullest. But for this morning, as we prepare to come to the Lord's table and observe communion, I want us to think on the subject of the greatest gift, the greatest gift. And in the book of James, chapter 1, I want to read one verse this morning. And this verse says, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Now the fact that that scripture talks about every good and every perfect gift, that implies the fact that there may be some gifts that may not necessarily be good. They may be far less than perfect, but the gifts that God gives as the greatest giver of all, every gift he gives, it's good and it's perfect. And I'm thankful for that. I am very thankful for that. What I want us to do this morning is to think about human giving and then heavenly giving. And we're going to make a contrast between those two as we prepare for the Lord's table this morning. This past week, as a part of Christmas celebrations, most of us exchanged gifts. We gave gifts. We received gifts. The older I get, the more joy that I find in being able to give gifts. Lisa and I just especially enjoy that with our grandchildren, don't we? And I know by the smiles on faces and nodding heads that many of you love to give gifts, especially to grandchildren. And grandchildren love to receive those gifts too, don't they? But we give gifts at Christmas because of the fact that the wise men, when they came to Jesus... They brought gifts to Jesus, and so it's kind of been a part of the Christmas season uh, since that time that we give gifts, and every time we give a gift to someone else, we're reminded that the reason we do that is because of Jesus and His birth into this world uh, that came about that first Christmas so long ago. And that gift, the gift of God's Son, and salvation that we have through him, that is the greatest gift by far. 
than any gift that we will ever receive. Amen? I mean, that is the greatest gift, hands down. But I want us to think about this contrast now between how we give on a human level and how God gives on His level as being God. So let's contrast human giving with heavenly giving. So let's think first of all about human giving. Human giving. And human giving is a good thing. I mean, it's better to give uh, than it is even to get. It's, it's more blessed to give than to receive, as our Lord Jesus Christ said. But there is the potential that when we give from a human perspective, we may not always do it in the right way. We may have the best of intentions, and yet our giving may be flawed in some way because of our sinful nature. And let me share some of the ways that can happen. Human giving. One of the problems with human giving is that it may not be sincere. It may not be sincere. It may be that you give in order to get something in return. That can be uh, an issue with our human giving. We give, but we know if we give, we're going to get something back. In, in return, that in some way can uh, lead to an insincerity in our giving. Uh, generosity uh, sometimes is ingenuity <laughs> when it's used as a way of getting something in return. Now, we're going to contrast that with God's way of giving in just a moment. But human giving, it may not be sincere. Not always as, as sincere as it should be. Secondly, human giving may not be sensible. It may not be sensible. And what I mean by that is we may not give the things that are really needed the most of all. Okay, It's fine giving gifts and uh, toys to children and grandchildren and, and, and things like that. That's okay. But there are some things that they need even more than toys and gadgets. They need our love, don't they? They need our encouragement. They need our support. And that's the, those are the greatest gifts of all. And hopefully as we give other gifts, we, we are giving those gifts of love and encouragement and support. The gift of time that we give to children and grandchildren, that is so vitally important. But sometimes we give gifts that may not be sensible because they're not the best gifts of all. There's something else that can flaw our human giving. And that is, our gifts may not be sufficient. Our gifts may not be sufficient. For example, let's just think about someone that you want to help who has a tremendous financial need. Let's suppose that someone has had a major surgery. They didn't have proper insurance. And they walked away from the hospital after that with over $100,000 worth of medical bills that they had to pay on their own. And they did not have the financial resources to do it. So you hear about that need. And as a brother or sister in Christ, your heart goes out to that person and you want to give. But 
it's very unlikely that we're going to be able uh, from one individual to be able to clear that whole amount, right? Unless you've just been blessed in an exceptional kind of way. You may look at the need that person has and you may look at your bank account. You may look at the resources that you have available at that moment and you may be able to come up with $100 that you could give and to do that may require some degree of sacrifice. So here is a need that's over $100,000 and you're able to give $100. Now, I am certain that that gift would be appreciated. That gift uh, would be received with gratitude. But that gift would be insufficient to meet the entire need, wouldn't it? Now, hopefully as a body of Christ, when things like that happen and a bunch of us join together, we can come up with a way to help meet those needs in a way that is sufficient. But as one person giving on their own, what we give may not be sufficient to meet the need at all. And then there's something else about human giving. Human giving may not be suitable. Sometimes we give gifts that just aren't suitable. I was looking at a list of some of those things over the Christmas holidays. Here would be an unsuitable gift. A pipe to a fellow who's just quit smoking. A shaving mug and shaving soap to a guy who's just purchased an electric razor. Okay? Not, not a suitable gift. A blow dryer for a man who has lost almost all of his hair. My grandmother, she, when she was living, she, she loved me dearly. But for some reason, she had this gift that she always gave me at Christmas time. And she would give me a bottle of Aqua Velva Blue. That's not my favorite kind of cologne. But it evidently was my grandmother's favorite. Because every year she gave that to me. And I, I knew that that's, that's what it was going to be. And, and I appreciated the gift because she gave it in love. And, and it was the best gift she could think about giving. But for me, it... it isn't necessarily exactly uh, what I would choose to buy if I were out doing it myself. Sometimes there are gifts that may not be suitable. I made a mistake in one of the churches that I pastored, and I told that story about my grandma. And, uh, and one year at Christmas, they bought me a whole case of Aqua Velva Blue. <laughs> there must have been 25 bottles of that in there. All I can say is that uh, we had air freshener around the house for, uh, for that entire year as Lisa found all kinds of creative ways to be able to, to use that. But we may give gifts as human beings. Our intentions are good. We, we want to do something uh, that really helps somebody, that, uh, that shows our love for them. And yet the gift that we choose to give may not necessarily be suitable. Well, that's human giving. Let's think now about heavenly giving. Heavenly giving. James reminded us that there's a difference in human giving and heavenly giving because he says that every good gift and every perfect gift, it comes down from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness 
or, or shadow of turning. So heavenly giving. What about heavenly giving? Well, heavenly giving, it's always sincere. Now remember I was talking about human giving. It may not always be sincere. But heavenly giving, it's always sincere. God gives with the right motive. God gives not to get something in return, but God gives because He loves us. He loves us so much that He gave His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul, in one of his epistles, he's trying to describe this wonderful gift that God has given us, and he just says these words. He says, thanks be unto God for His indescribable gift. There's no way to really describe uh, the gift that God has given to us. It's beyond words. God is definitely sincere in the way that He gives. Now, here's something else. God's gifts are perfectly suitable. His gifts are perfectly suitable. When God gives you a blessing, it's always the right size blessing. When God gives you something, when God meets a need, He always does it in the right way according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. When God gave His Son into this world to be born into the manger and to go to a cross and die for the sins of the world, that is the greatest gift of all and it is a perfectly sensible gift, perfectly sensible gift because our greatest need is for salvation. But then also, heavenly giving, it is always sufficient. It's always sufficient. Remember, I talked about human giving. We may not be able to give enough to totally meet a need. But God, in all of His vast heavenly resources, God is able to give exactly what we need. His gifts are not in short supply. And I want to tell you, when God gave His Son, Jesus, God did not look for a bargain. God did not look for a low-cost gift. God gave the very best that He had to offer when He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. His gifts are always sufficient. And His gifts are definitely always suitable. What could be more suitable? What could be more needed than the gift of salvation? There was a little boy that heard the gospel preached in a worship service like this one. And he decided that it was time for him to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He'd wanted to be saved for a a good while. And so he walked down the aisle and took the preacher's hand and said, I want to be saved. And the preacher prayed with the little boy. And the boy received Jesus Christ into his heart. He confessed his sins. He placed faith in Christ. He surrendered his life to the Lordship of Christ. And he became a Christian right there that moment. And so the pastor prayed with the little boy. And then after the prayer, the pastor looked at the little boy. And he said, well, now tell me what happened to you. What happened to you? And the little boy said, well, I got saved. I did my part. God did his part. And the preacher thought, well, I'm not quite sure he understands salvation. This phrase, I did my part, uh, because salvation is by grace through faith. 
It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, the Scripture says. And so what did this little boy mean? I did my part, and God did his part. As the pastor questioned the little boy a little bit further, he said, what do you mean by that, I did my part? He said, well, it's like this preacher, I did the sinning, he did the saving. (laughs) Well, that part we did, didn't we? We did do the sinning. And thank God, he did the saving. And that is the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ and salvation that we have through him. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I say with the Apostle Paul, thanks be unto God for His indescribable gift. Now, as we come to the table of the Lord and we think about the gift that God has given us in His Son, His body that was broken for us on the cross, His blood, that was shed for us as a remission for our sins. As we think about this great gift and coming to the table of the Lord, I want to read a passage of Scripture that we typically read before or during each time we take the Lord's Supper. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23 and following, the Apostle Paul says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, He also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And then Paul concludes with an invitation for us to examine ourselves as we come to the table of the Lord. He says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Let's bow together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this greatest gift that could ever be received, the gift of your Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving us enough that you would send him into this world. And I'm glad that Jesus loved us enough that he went to the cross and he suffered the pain and the punishment and the agony and the anguish for our sin. Before going to the cross, Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus did that, and we're so thankful, Lord. And today, as we rejoice 
in this greatest gift of all that we now possess, the gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that as we partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, I pray that we would be reminded of the cost that was involved on your part in order to provide salvation. And may we feel your love. May we be filled by your love. And may we just be more overwhelmed by your love than we've ever been before. Thank you, Lord, for this indescribable gift. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now I'll turn the service over to Pastor William and to the deacons as they will lead us now in the observance of the Lord's Supper.